Praise him. I tell you what, I am, I'm coming from Detroit, but I think that I, I'm going to order a van to, to take your praise team with me. I'm just saying, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. I'm so grateful to be here. My name is Alan. I'm the pastor of Life Church Southfield uh, in Southfield, Michigan. I also am the director of church planting for the Great Lakes Conference, Alan Tumpkin. I just want to say that uh, I'm so grateful that my lovely wife is with me today. Not with not. Usually I have Phil Carr with me, but I got my lovely wife with me in the back. That's right. I want to start by saying thank you. First of all, I've been around for a long time. Many of you have seen me, and you've been around for several years now, and they've never allowed me to be behind this sacred desk. Now, I don't understand why. I think that there's something to that, but uh, uh, you can talk to Pastor Dern about that, but they've had Phil Carr, they've had other, not me, but I'm not going to complain. I, I'm so grateful for your pastor and uh, first lady. I know you are. Pastor Duran and Ardina are amazing. I again serve as the uh, director of church planting for the Great Lakes Conference. And so I have so many churches under me that I assist. And I tell you, in the years that I've been here working as a DCP, a director of church planting, I've never had a pastor who was so eager to not only learn, but to make sure that this church is what is called missional, reaching out, sharing the love of God. He loves doing the work of God, and he so much, as you know, loves all of you. And I tell you, I, haven't, I didn't have to twist his arm. I didn't have to wrangle. I didn't have to do. All I had to say is, look, this is what we do in terms of church planting. He perked up and he did it. I wish I had about a hundred of them. So I'm so grateful again for him and for his wonderful wife. Uh, before I jump into what I'm going to be talking about, I want to pray, ask God to help me and to help you hear what God has to say. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this day. Yes, you are so good. You're so good to me, to us, to the church. Goodness is your attribute. Goodness is who you are. God, sometimes uh, the goodness that you give, we sometimes want a different type of good, but your good is the true good and we receive it. Father, may you give me the tongue of the learned as I speak your word. And I pray that you will give uh, ears that are anointed enough to hear your word and hands and feet to, and heart to apply the word so that we can live in to become the people that you have created us to be. I thank you for that in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. I tell you, this has been a, a extremely difficult 19 months. And that's an understatement. And we've never lived through a situation like this. Not one of us have lived, unless you got some people that are about 100 years old, 110 years old here. I don't think you do. None of us have experienced this pandemic, this 19 months. You're talking about the fact that we have been mandated to wear masks. 
I know that we, we have to do these types of things, but we've never experienced this type of thing. We've been isolated, many of us. Some of us have become school, school teachers, having to teach their children. Uh, some of us, we've experienced this, uh, the fact that we don't have in-person church. And of course, we are coming back to that. But several months, Life Church Southfield, by the way, we still have not had in-person church. Inside church. I mean, this is so, this has been just an amazing time. Uh, many of us have experienced countless deaths. I have had friends, and my mother-in-law passed away. Uh, my uh, for uh, uh, from COVID. My sister's father-in-law passed away from COVID, and again, I've had to do uh, funerals of people who've died. And many of you have experienced that as well. Many of you walk in a type of fear even, wondering if COVID's going to get us. This is a, a time of trouble. This is a difficult time. Some of us have not seen parents for a long time. Uh, some of us have not seen loved ones. I have a, a cousin that is uh, in hospice and many of us couldn't. were not able to just show up because of this time that we're in. We're in a time of trouble. Uh, it's, a, it's almost like a dark night of our soul. And when I think about it, it's impacted all of us. When I think about all that's happened, not only COVID, but the social impact of the past 19 years. Uh, when I think of all that's happening, I see that there are some unintended consequences. But one unintended consequence that I think is most important, which is gripping my heart with sadness that I think about all the time is the fact that over the past 19 months, the trouble that we have experienced has caused the hearts of many people, their faith to deteriorate. So many people over the past uh, 19 months has either walked away from their faith, and I tell you, I've talked to people, or they're simply struggling with their faith. And if we were to be honest, you think about the types of things that we have done over the past 19 months. There are things that we do now that we would have abhorred 20 months ago. When you think about the devotion that we have had in studying scripture, ask yourself, do you get in scripture more than you did 19 months ago? Do you uh, serve more? Are you praying more? When I think about this, you know, I, as, as a pastor, look, I, I got to say something. And, and many of you may think a pastor should not say this, but I have to admit that over the past 19 months, my devotion has not been sh- as strong as it was before. Oftentimes, I've allowed my emotion to dictate my devotion. Over the past uh, 19 months, um, uh, I haven't prayed as deeply and as fervently. And I'm a pastor. And some people will say, uh, Alan, you should not talk like this. But I will say this. If you don't have a pastor that is not willing to confess, then you need to look at them a little side eye. Because the truth is, every one of us are human. 
Hey, I, I just uh, a year ago in the midst of this pandemic, I was diagnosed with prostate cancer. It's third uh, stage three cancer, aggressive cancer. And you're talking about um, a dark night of my soul, of the soul of my wife, as we now had this totally different journey that we had to go through in the midst of it. Being a pastor, dealing with hundreds of people, being a director of church plant, being a husband, and now I have to deal with cancer? Cancer. And I want you to know that Oftentimes, during that time, the, 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 my emotions began to kind of dictate my devotion. But again, I am not alone with that. I could, I'll say this before I move uh, forward. Uh, thank God, on March 13th, I had surgery and I'm cancer-free. So I just want to share that. Cancer-free. But again, I've talked to so many people. I've gotten so many calls. I've just looked at the church of Jesus Christ and there has been a spike in divorce. There's been a, a spike in being impatient. There's been a spike in the way that we talk to one another and relate with one another. There's been trouble in the church over the past 19 months. And that's has led me to say a, a word, just three words, as you see uh, in the, on the screen, and that is simply, return to me. Amen. The Lord has been giving me this. It's almost a prophetic word to speak to the church of Jesus Christ because in the midst of our trouble, oftentimes we get weaker. Yeah, that's true. However, that's not necessarily what God has called us to do. But that's really is human nature, my friends. It's, it's, it's human nature for uh, us when we are hit not to ramp up our faith. I can tell you that this is true. I, I, again, human nature, I look at the scriptures. When I look at the Old Testament, I see that happening. Throughout the Old Testament, when you look at the children of Israel, oftentimes when they were hit with trouble, their faith deteriorated. Matter of fact, I want, and I'm going to talk about a couple passages over the next few minutes uh, that, that kind of uh, illuminates what I'm talking about. In particular, I'm going to be going to Zechariah chapter 1, but before that, I'm going to talk about another passage. But uh, the, the, the group that I'm going to focus on would be the southern kingdom, Judah, who uh, they were in captivity. They were put in I exile, and uh, when they were experiencing the darkness, dark night of their soul, the trouble of their life, they became just like, or we become just like them. They, their hearts began to get hard. And so over the next few minutes, what I really want to focus on is not just returning to me, but how we can return to him. How specifically can we return to him? But I want to look at a, per, a passage at, uh, before we jump in, because I'm again talking about the southern kingdom, Judah, uh, 
and, and in Zechariah, we're looking at Judah in around 520 BC, about 70 years after uh, the southern Judah, uh, southern kingdom was uh, brought into exile. Uh, they were uh, taken in captive by Babylon and the Persian, Medo-Persians. And that's when Zechariah had talked to them. But before they were brought in exile, uh, this is what God spoke through Jeremiah to the southern kingdom to get them prepared for what they're going to see. Look at it. We're going to look at Jeremiah uh, chapter 29. We're going to look at verses 4 through 7. I'm going to read them very quickly and read along. The scripture says this. This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says to all those I carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. To Babylon. Let, let me tell you something really quickly. Um, this is powerful stuff. I'm talking about right at the beginning. This is powerful because what God said through Jeremiah is, um, he says, I'm going to give you this message uh, to all those that walked into Babylon. Or to the, all those who Babylon carried. The verse says to all those I carried. So what we're seeing right there is a the sovereignty of God. Now, my friends, you need to understand this. And maybe this isn't a message that you want to hear. But don't think that COVID-19 was something that took God by surprise. Don't think that COVID-19 had God's hands tied behind his back. We need to understand the sovereignty of our God. And the fact that God himself is the one who orchestrated. Oh, I don't want to say that. But orchestrated that trouble. Oh, I don't want to hear that, do I? There's a reason why God, you can't just say God allows something when God is all powerful. He also had the power not to allow it. So that if it happened, it was God's, I don't want to say God will. Somebody said will, but I'm not going to say that because y'all going to get mad at me. Scripture says, this is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says to all those I carried, I carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. He says this, listen to this, build houses and settle down, plant gardens and eat what they produce, marry and have sons and daughters, find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters, increase in number their do not decrease. Also, seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. So what God is saying, and it's so powerful, he says, before you go into the dark night of your soul, you need to be prepared for something. Before you go into the trouble of your life, you need to be, have a mindset to ramp up your faith. Don't walk away from your faith, but ramp up in your trouble. You stand up. You stand up with the power of the Holy Ghost and you ramp up your faith. That's what God was saying to them. 
before they were taken in captivity. And they got taken in captivity in 605 BC, in 595 BC, and again in 586 BC. And when they were taken in captivity, look at the book of Malachi, look at the book of Haggai, you will find out that instead of ramping up their faith, their faith deteriorated. They allowed their emotions to dictate their devotion to the Lord. Because that's the way it is with humans. God tried to tell them, look, you're about to go in this. And look, you need to understand something that I'm going to be with you. And you need to do this and do that. You need to uh, pray for the peace. And I'm going to bring prosperity to you. And they say, "Uh uh-uh. I'm feeling this pain. And when we're in the, in, in the throes of our pain, it's all hard for us to take our eyes and look up. Because oftentimes when we're going through pain, who are we looking at? Ourselves. And that's what happened here. But this is what we're going to jump now to Zechariah chapter 1. The beauty of this is now, now we're talking 70 years later after God tried to tell them that in your trouble, you ramp up your faith. Uh, now, now God had to tell them something different because they didn't listen. So Zechariah now, he's a prophet about 520 BC and God spoke to him and said, this is what I want you to say. And I'm going to unpack this one verse. So I need you to lean in and hear what God has to say. Starting in chapter 1, verse 3, he says, the first part says, this is what the Lord Almighty says. That's the first thing he says. This is what the Lord Almighty. I got to unpack that because, see, he's the, 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 the word Lord is the name Yahweh. It's the personal name of God. So in Hebrew, it, that, mean, that name is the covenant-keeping God. It's the God who says that if God is for you, who can be against you? It's the God who says that I am with you even through your fire. It's the God that says that I am the creator, transcendent one, yet I am imminent. That means I am right there with you. So he started with them. He started with his admonishment by saying, I I am Yahweh. And so when he spoke that name to the children of Israel, it should have been sweet. It should have caused their heart to flutter. It's something like uh, the late uh, Bishop Rance Allen. He says, there's something. What you say? There's something about the name Jesus. There's something about the name Jesus. There's something about the name Jesus. Oh, it's, it's, it's the sweetest name I know. And when you're in trouble, that name, when you're in trouble, that name will, should perk up your ears. That name should cause you to cut a step. That name should cause you to praise God. But I guarantee you that when your heart is hard and you're running from Christ, you don't even want to hear the name. You don't want to hear it. When your heart is brittle and you know good and well that you are distant from Jesus, you want to hear everything else. You want to be distracted. You want to stay on social media 
four or five hours a day. You want to look at Instagram. You want to scroll through TikTok. I'm not just talking about you. I do the same thing. So, so he says, he started by saying, I'm Yahweh. Because see, when for him to call them Yahweh, that's, he's saying the personal name of God. That's the relational name of God. So their hearts should have softened right there when it started. But then he says, that, you'll see in the verse, he says, I am the Lord Almighty. The word Almighty is a beautiful name word because it's the Hebrew word Sabaoth. And let me tell you what that means, that word. May, okay, it may cause some of you to run. But I want y'all to stay down because I want you to hear this because it'll make you shout. But hold on. That word Sabaoth means uh, the uh, angel armies. And so what he was saying to them is, I am Yahweh or the Lord of the angel armies. The reason why he said that specifically to them is they were under the thumb at that point of Medo-Persia. They had been beaten down by the armies of of Babylon. But see what God said before he admonished them, he says, I am the Lord of the angel armies. That means that I am God large and in charge. Don't think that Babylon or Medo-Persia is strong. You need to understand, uh, children of Israel, that I am God, the creator God, and I have the angels under me, and they go out to minister to those who believe in me. He says, I'm the God of the angel armies. He had to encourage them to lift them up, to let them know that I'm in charge of this thing. Don't think that the king of Persia is sovereign, but I am the one that calls the things from the, to the, from the beginning to the end. I am the one who can call those things uh, that are not as though they were. I am the powerful God. Can you see how he's trying to set them up? Let them know he does the same thing to us. Yes. While we are walking away, he comes. He, he comes. He doesn't come to, to beat us down. He comes to say, I'm Jesus. Yes. And not only am I Jesus, but I am the Lord and all power has been given under me. And so he's going to say the same thing to us. Listen to what he says. He says, This is what the Lord Almighty says. Then he says this. Let's look. Return to me, declares the Lord Almighty. So he started by saying, this is what the Lord Almighty, Yahweh of the uh, angel armies, says to you. Return to me. The beauty of that is, when he says, return to me, he's not saying, return to a priest. He's not saying return to your spouse. He's not saying return to the friend that you kick with. He's not saying return to a buddy. He says, no, no, no. I'm saying return to me. But who is me? You're talking about the one who says in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God and the word became flesh. He's talking about the one who turned the water into wine. You're talking about the one who walked the the waters of the the Galilee. You're talking about the one who had 
creative power. He says, you need to return to the one who flung the stars into galaxy and causes the moon and the stars to be suspended in space. You're talking about Jesus. You're talking about the all-powerful God. Return to me. You think about the fact that God is calling us to return to him. Think about the person we're returning to. We're not returning. See, oftentimes we create this Jesus in our own uh, image. The type of Jesus that we uh, put our trust in is almost like this myth, this person, this, this mythical God that we put on the shelf. But we, who, do we know who we're dealing with? When he says, when he says, he says, return to him. Return to the one that can set us free. The one who can heal our bodies. The one who can provide for us. Who can set our feet on solid ground. Do you know the one we're talking about? He says, he says, I am, I am Yahweh. I am Yahweh, the God of the angel armies. I'm the one who's large and in charge. You come to me. But he didn't stop. Okay, so I'm trying to keep myself together. He says, this is what the Lord Almighty says. Return to me, declares the Lord Almighty. And then he closes it by saying this. And I will return to you. Says the Lord Almighty. So why this is so important is is God could have said, return to me and act right. Return to me and fulfill some laws. Return to me and do some penance. Return to me and bring me some money. Return to me and come to church all the time. He could have given a whole list of things, but instead he says, return to me. And then he says, I, who's I? I will return to you. You We got to understand how powerful that is. You see, because when I return to him, I have a certain amount of stuff that I'm bringing to him, a small shovel. But when God returns back to me, forget about my small shovel. He's bringing a bulldozer of blessing. When God says, return back to me, he, the one who's returning back to me is coming with blessing, is coming with power, is coming with forgiveness, is coming with love, is coming with strength, who's coming with goodness, who's coming with light and life. He is the one that's coming back. My friends, why in the world would I not return to him? Because he's returning back to me. My friends, this is what, this is what Yahweh the, of the angel armies is saying to the church today. As we go through this trouble, we're all going through this trouble. And we know that there are certain behaviors that we have participated in over the past 19 months that we didn't even think about doing 20 months ago. We know that that's true. We know that we are, our relationships are not as strong as they were 20 months ago. We know that we have escaped in order to uh, fulfill ourselves and make ourselves feel good in this time where we're all feeling bad. Well, God is saying, look, if you return back to me, I am going to return to you. And when I come, my shovel is a lot bigger than your shovel. When I come, my goodness 
goodness is a lot bigger than your goodness. When I come, I'm coming to shower you with love, with acceptance. I'm coming to lift up your head. I'm coming to provide for you. My coming to bring your wild kids back. I'm coming to patch up those marriages. I'm coming to strengthen your heart. I'm coming to give you the tongue of the learned. I'm coming to give you a song in your heart. I'm coming to build you up. My friends, listen to me today. Listen to me. We got to come back to God. But our coming to God is for our sake. Because when I come to God, he comes back to me. And I can't wait to experience the power of my God. I can't wait. I can't wait. We got to. He says, return to me. And you know I want to run. I want to go touch that back and come all the way back. I tell you what, I know that when the Lord comes back to me, he comes with forgiveness. He comes with acceptance. He comes with kindness. He comes with deliverance. He comes with miracle working power. He wants to cause our faith to soar. But in the midst, my friends, of trouble, ramp it up. Ramp up the faith. Ramp up the faith by returning. So he'll say, but how can I return? I just want to say this as I close. How? How can I return? Very one simple answer. Confession. You want to know how you can return? Confess. What he's saying is all we have to do is return and say, Lord, you are right. I remember years ago, um, before I got my, my beautiful wife, we were married. Uh, she made a decision. I remember it like it was yesterday. She says, I no longer am going to be in this rat race of dating. I'm no longer going to be giving myself away. I want to give myself wholly to God. And she was praying to God. And I remember her every time she brought up this story, she would break down and cry. She turned to God and said, God, after all this running, now I finally realize you are right. You are right. You're, as, as much as we try to beat our heads against the wall, bloodying our heads, I got to slow it down and say, you're right, Lord. You're right about this thing that you say about me. You're right about what you say about yourself. You're right about your, what you say about my future. You're right about what you say about your son. You're right about what you say about the Holy Spirit. You are right, and I'm tired of running. I confess, I'm tired of spending hours on social media when I need to be turning my heart to Jesus. I'm tired of the way I've been talking to people because my heart is brittle. I'm tired of not letting the love of God spread abroad in my heart by the Holy Ghost. I'm tired of of living a way that is not God honoring. No God, I am confessing. I confess. 
The word confess in 1 John 9, 1, 9, it actually simply means, it doesn't mean that I'm going to snivel and I'm crying and I'm balled up in a fetal position. It actually just means I'm acknowledging that you are right and I'm wrong. You are right and I'm wrong. You are God and I ain't. It's very simple, isn't it? And when, and when as, as James, the half-brother of Jesus said, when you draw near to me, I will draw near to you. And when we come, what we bring to him does not compare to what he brings to us. Will you ramp up your faith? Will you trust that he's going to come with a bulldoze? of blessing? Do you trust that he is going to set things right? Will you trust that he's going to comfort that heart that is full of grief? Do you trust that he is going to put you on a path that leads you to righteousness? Do you trust that he is going to take care of you, that he is going to strengthen you, that even as we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, do you trust that he is with us, that his rod and his staff do comfort us? Do we trust? Wrap up the faith. Wrap up the trust. Well, if you trust, it's our time to return back to him. Listen, wherever you are today, I encourage you to come as an act of faith. Just this is come to the altar as an act of faith and simply say, I'm returning. Now, look, don't get all uh, afraid because people are wondering, well, what is he or she returning from? It ain't nobody's business. And it may not be as deep as other people will go through, but it's still God is still calling us. We know we have certain things in our hearts that we want to give over to God. And when we give it over, then he comes back and returns to us. Would you come and let us pray together as a family? I'm just going to give a a few minutes. I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time, but would you come so we can pray? Just an act of faith saying, God, I'm bringing myself, but I know that myself does not compare when you give yourself to me. My, myself is nothing compared to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the creator of the universe. I, Lord, I, I want to get on your path. I want to experience the love of Jesus. I want to experience the power of God. I want help. Look, this is not going to be just an emotional situation. You and I want consistency. That means when our emotions are saying, I don't feel like coming to church because, you know, let me say this really quick. A lot of people are staying away from church and and it's true. COVID is real. And I am not denying that. But other folks are coming not because of COVID, but because of convenience. Okay, so y'all don't want to see that. You know, it's a lot more, it's a lot easier to turn in your bed and grab some coffee and to look at a, 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 a church service on your phone. Not everyone. Whoever's watching right now, I'm encouraging you, if you know in your mind that you're staying away because of convenience, return to me. 
others who are staying away because of COVID, we are here for you. We are doing online and we continue to do online. But others, you know who you are. Yes. Let's return. So let us pray together. Let us reach out. And look, this is what we need to do. All of us, let's confess. And you know, you can confess in your mind, but I will confess, God, I've been too, I'm just confessing now. I've been too distracted with so many other things that I need to be returning back to you. I've been spending too much time with things that aren't, aren't even important. Father God, I, and I've been missing you too, Lord. I miss those times of fellowship. I miss those times of refreshing God. And I return to you. Father, I receive all that you are. So return back to me, God. Let us pray. Father, I confess to you. I trust you. I want you to return back. I want you to set me straight. I want you to fill me with your spirit. I want the power of God to fall on us right now. I want the blessings of God. I want you to allow me and give me strength to go through the suffering so that when I go through suffering that my faith will ramp up. It will not wane. This is what I need, Lord. Help us all. If we don't know Jesus, Father, I'm confessing my sins so that I can receive the Lord Jesus Christ who lived and died and rose again. Father God, I'm coming to you. Lord, oh, I need you every hour. I need you. God said, fall afresh on us. So that we can be an example of people that you return back to. I thank you, God. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Praise his name. Praise his name. Hallelujah. You can be seated. Someone else is going to come up. You can be seated. Thank you so much. Will someone come and do take uh, receive God's offering? I think they, that's the next. I don't know. Come here. There you go. You said, "Can yes, go ahead." Thank you. Would you, you want to tell everyone? Yes. Go ahead know how we do it. Pastor dismisses us and you know we give our offering out as we walk out. Or you can give online as well. So this is our time for giving, which is a part of the service as well. So as um, Pastor Allen dismisses us, we know we still in worship when we walk out that door and give our offering. Amen. And and we can't outgive God. I've never ever seen a broke giver. You're not hearing me. not hearing me. Never. So the Lord bless you and live as people who have returned back to God and live as people who have received the return back from God. He's coming to bless you. Don't allow the emotions of today to dictate your devotion. Because their emotions are going to leave. 
but your devotion is going to stay. God bless you and dismiss you. May God's hand be upon you throughout the week. And may God bless Pastor Duran and his wife as they travel back. And may you bless Kingdom Embassy as they continue the mission of Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you.